SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to a jam-packed second hour of the morning after on this Monday right here on the Spiz Grizz, otherwise known as the Sports Grid Network. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Of course, in this second hour, we recap the big dance and the madness that was in the NCAA tournament's opening weekend. The round of 64 and round of 32 are now done. The field for the Sweet 16 is now set. We look at where the odds have moved, the spreads and the totals early for the lines you need to know for this second weekend upcoming in just a couple of days beginning on Thursday. We'll talk some Major League Baseball, tons of acquisitions over the weekend that have moved the futures market as we get ready for a Major League Baseball regular season as well but first here to start off our number two the nfl never sleeps because as we left you on friday afternoon the last time we spoke here on the morning after on the spiz grizz there was some speculation around where deshaun watson might go by the end of this weekend and in the madness of the round of 64 on friday afternoon we got the news and rather shocking news that the cleveland browns were back in contention and the cleveland browns had traded for Deshaun Watson, sending three first-round picks to the Houston Texans, a second-round pick, and a swap of late-round picks as well to Houston for Deshaun Watson, now the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, renegotiating his contract for a $230 million deal, all fully guaranteed over a span of five years. And, of course, the market moved right away after this blockbuster deal for the Cleveland Browns. We begin from a divisional perspective, looking at the odds in the AFC North. The Cleveland Browns have now become the favorite in a plus money price way at plus 185. 15 cents ahead of the Baltimore Ravens at 2-1. to one. The Ravens were the favorites entering Friday afternoon at plus 190. So not a ton of movement off that price for Baltimore. The reigning AFC champions, the team that played in the Super Bowl representing that conference, the Cincinnati Bengals, at plus 220 in the Pittsburgh Steelers. The longest odds in that division at plus 850. Before we get to the further conversation about the odds surrounding Deshaun Watson and the move to Cleveland, I think context here is important when you discuss any trade deal that involves Deshaun Watson. Of course, no criminal charges were brought against Deshaun Watson, or at least he was found not guilty. They could not provide evidence to further investigate Deshaun from a criminal perspective, but there are still 22 civil lawsuits outstanding and ongoing brought against Deshaun Watson. Now, civil lawsuits obviously cannot put a person in jail. However, that being said, the NFL has not had to rule on the exempt status of Deshaun Watson for the National Football League based on their personal conduct policy because they let it play out in the legal proceedings. And last year, Deshaun Watson himself refused to play for the Houston Texans. Thus, the NFL didn't have to do anything. Now they will have to examine what that looks like for Deshaun Watson moving forward. Could he be suspended? a couple of games heading forward into the 2022 NFL campaign. That will certainly be something to pay attention to throughout the rest of this offseason because the off-the-field issues are not done 
for Deshaun Watson, despite the fact that this trade has gone through and Deshaun Watson is now the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. But as we always do, we look at the ramification in the odds market after a blockbuster deal for a quarterback of this significance certainly moves the futures in the National Football League. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after on this Monday here on the Spiz Grid, Sirius XM, channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. The NFL news cycle never sleeps, and Deshaun Watson has now been traded to the Cleveland Browns. This happening on Friday afternoon, and the immediate impact in the marketplace was found not only in the AFC North, where the Cleveland Browns are now the favorites at plus 185, but also in the jam-packed, and I mean jam-packed, AFC championship market. The Cleveland Browns now become the fifth best price to win a conference crown next year at 10 to 1. They have the shortest number of any team from the AFC North, but at 10 to 1 with the fifth best odds, still in a wild card position if you were going to look at this right now based on the odds, but as the favorites out of the AFC North division, of course, they would not be a wild card team. It is going to be fascinating to watch the AFC play out this year because as teams play within their own competitive divisions in the AFC North with both the Browns, the Ravens, and let's add in the reigning AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals as well. Might they beat up on one another that maybe an overall record keeps a team out of the postseason in a wild card spot. The same could be said for that AFC West, of course, in the gauntlet. It will be with the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders in the fold. And oh yeah, the Buffalo Bills remain the favorites to win the AFC at the shortest price at plus 360. They are the favorites to win the Super Bowl as well at plus 650. Also, examine some of the prices further down the board as we pull up the AFC championship odds once again, because not only implications in the odds market for Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland, but now Baker Mayfield, whose relationship with the Browns is done. He has requested a trade. They said no initially, but after the Deshaun Watson deal, it seems like Baker will get his wish. A targeted place that Baker has expressed interest in, as you saw there for Indianapolis, 17-1 to for the Colts to win the AFC championship. Also implications in the NFC South. Entering Friday afternoon, it was rumored that Deshaun Watson would go to the Falcons or the Saints. That's no longer the case. And the Bucks remain the strong favorites to win that division for this upcoming year. We look at the futures market in Major League Baseball next here on TMN. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. The month of March is full of madness, not just in the NCAA tournament, not just with the blockbuster deals we have seen in the National Football League as well, but of course, Major League Baseball ramping up for a new season. And since the lockout has concluded, the free agency frenzy is well underway across MLB. So joining us here on the morning after on this Monday, once again, it is Burt Murray, a national MLB writer and reporter covering all things Major League Baseball 
for Fansided joining us here. And Bert has been busy breaking news himself on contracts across the league. Bert, I'm sure, as we all have, maybe for me because of the NCAA tourney, sleep has not been my biggest priority. I'm sure that's the same for you here in this free agency whirlwind we have seen in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I have, sleep has been not very much. I have not got much of that at all, but it's been really cool. And there's been a lot of deals that have just come out of nowhere, like Carlos Correa going to the Twins, Trevor Story going to the Red Sox. Uh, that wasn't something on my radar entering the offseason. Uh, Freddie Freeman going to the Dodgers. I actually had predicted that one or mentioned the Dodgers as a fit earlier. Like, I think it was in November, yeah. and I got crushed for it, which looking back at it, I mean, I can't blame people for crushing me because, like, who would think Freddie Freeman would go to the Dodgers? But lo and behold, it happened, and um, it slowed down a bit here. But, like, for that 7- to 10-day stretch, I can't remember anything like that ever. Bert, I remember your first appearance here on TMA when we asked you, it was all about the lockout updates and how far away the two sides were and what went into that reporting from you. But we also got one final question in there, if I remember correctly, about the World Series odds and how they looked. And you mentioned the price on the Dodgers, already the favorite and might become shorter because they were in the market for a guy like Freddie Freeman to already add to that wonderful offensive lineup. So credit to you, as always, for being on top of that. You mentioned Trevor Story was a surprise. The American League East, maybe outside of the pinstripes in the Yankees, has been very, very active in this free agency frenzy. And Trevor Story now a new member of the Boston Red Sox. You said it caught you by surprise. Why? Yeah, because they didn't seem like a, a team that would end up being in on a guy like Trevor Story because they have a shortstop in Xander Bogarts. But the reason it works is because Story is going to end up playing second base for the Red Sox, and that was a that was a need for them. Um, and he ended up taking a deal that was lesser than what he was offered in other places to play second in Boston. So they they identified him as a fit, and when it became realistic and on a Javier Baez kind of contract, they pounced on it. Um, and I, I give Heim Bloom, they're the guy who runs a show over with the Red Sox, a lot of credit because. He gets a lot of heat for being a guy who looks for cheaper contracts. Um, and mm. Red Sox fans get on him for being like a guy who doesn't take the big swing. And he finally did. Uh, and I think it doesn't make them the favorite in the AL East, but it definitely puts him in the conversation and prominently, I should say, uh, for the second best team in that division. And that division is going to be incredibly competitive right now. Not the favorite, like you mentioned, but the second longest odds, in fact, on Boston right now at plus 450. The favorites are the Toronto Blue Jays at 2-1, to one, followed by the Tampa Bay Rays at plus 230. And there you see the Yankees at plus 260. So jam-packed with those top four teams, Bert. How do you make out in the American League East this year in what might be one of the most competitive divisions in all of baseball? No, for sure. Uh, I would actually put the Red Sox as the second best team in that division. So I'm surprised their odds are as low as they are. Because um, I, I think the Yankees, they end up, they have a team that's pretty good, but it could be better. I wasn't a huge fan of the move to get Josh Donaldson. Um, I, I thought they could end up allocating those resources a little bit better and use them on a guy like Carlos Correa. Um, but lo and behold, he went to the Twins. Uh, the Rays are always a good bet because they might not have the most expensive payroll, but they always find a way to win 90-plus games. But the Blue Jays, they are a team that is extremely dangerous. And they could end up being, by the time we get to opening day, probably the one of the, like, one of the strongest favorites to represent the American League in the World Series because they're still trying to add a big piece. Uh, they have been scouting uh, the Guardians' farm system, 
Um, they are looking at, or they've been scouting the, the Guardians, I should say, because they are interested in Jose Ramirez, even after getting Matt Chapman. Mm-hmm. And the Guardians are scouting the Blue Jays' farm system and a guy like Alejandro Kirk. So they have the pieces to get another big deal done. So it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up adding that another big piece and and just end up kind of looking like the Dodgers of the American League. Yeah, the Blue Jays, an up-and-coming team last year that started to win baseball games down the home stretch. It was exciting at the time, but maybe paving the way for true success this year in contention for an AL pennant. Tied for the second-best odds right now at 5-1 to one with the White Sox, only 20 cents behind the favorites in the AL right now, the Houston Astros at plus 480. So the White Sox, the odds-on favorites, Bert, to win the American League Central. One of the biggest free agent names in the entire offseason, Carlos Correa, now also a member of the AL Central, going to the Minnesota Twins. A three-year, $105 million deal. I think a lot of people around baseball, Bert, were shocked by Carlos Correa selecting the Twins. Why do you think Carlos Correa decided to go to Minnesota? Yeah. I, okay. So truth be told, I was asleep when that signing broke and I woke up at like one thirty in the morning and I saw that Correa sign with the twins and I thought it was like a dream. Uh, Cause it just yeah. didn't seem like, like what in the world is going on here, but the, the twins have been looking for a player like that. Uh, they were interested in Trevor's story, but they weren't going to get him on a contract similar to that. So they talked to Scott Boris about doing a short-term deal that would allow Correa the chance to opt out after the first year. Uh, and that was something that Correa was really interested in because he'll have a much better chance of getting like a 325 to $350 million contract uh, next winter than he did this year. Um, but I don't know how much the move moves the needle for the Twins because they have a lot of needs. Um, and it's they're not done by any means. I know they're still talking to some starting pitchers. They're talking to the A's about Frankie Montas and Sean Manaya. Uh, Johnny Cueto is still a free agent. So they're going to continue to make moves. But I would not put them in the top five contenders in the American League, even with Correa. But uh, credit to them for making that move because, I mean, there's not many teams who are willing to do it. And the twins of all teams uh, were the ones who pulled it off. Tied for the second best odds right now in the American League Central with the Tigers at plus 600, but substantially behind the favorites in the AL Central, the Chicago White Sox at minus 185 so a lot of the focus on the american league now in the nl burt a big signing to begin the weekend nick castellanos going to the philadelphia phillies how do you think he fits in to that phil's offensive lineup oh man that is a filthy addition for them because you have him and kyle schwarber joining an offense with bryce harper like that is that's pretty good that's that ranks right up there with basically any team in baseball um, and he should end up being a really strong fit because he can play a lot of different positions defensively. He can slide in a DH, although I think Schwarber is going to end up being the primary guy there. If there's one question I have with that, it's like what the Phillies are going to do defensively because they were already a pretty weak defensive team even before yeah. adding Schwarber and Castellanos. So we can end up seeing defense be a huge issue with them. Um, but they're going for the big boppers here. They have three of them, and um they want offense and boy they are going to put up a lot of runs this year let me tell you tons of free agent moves already happening in major league baseball plenty more probably still to come ahead of opening day 
April 7th. Right now in the NL East, the Phillies, the third best odds, 5-1 to one behind both the Mets and the Braves, who you see there tied as the favorites in the National League East at plus 140. Helping us break all of this down in Major League Baseball and continuing to break news himself, it is Burt Murray, a national MLB writer with Fansided. As always, Burt, thank you so much for joining us. Maybe get a couple of naps in there as free agency continues to go in Major League Baseball. What does that sound good? I'll definitely try to take one today, but I appreciate you as always for having me, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Burt. We're not far away from the start of the Major League Baseball regular season. As the NCAA tourney wraps up, hopefully we get some win totals out there to break down on the FanDuel Sportsbook as well. We go back to the hardwood up next here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on a Monday right here on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. I had a great weekend of college basketball from a handicapping perspective and just enjoyment level throughout March Madness and the big dance in the NCAA tournament. But I did not have as good of a weekend nearly as much as our outstanding intern and a producer here on TMA and across the Spiz Grizz. It is Andrew Bocci Galupo, the man we know as Bocci or Bocci, who was all over the futures market and a couple of big money parlays that not many people expected to hit, but Bocci was all over it. Bocci, how was your weekend enjoying the big dance? Phenomenal weekend. Big 10 was good to me. Big 10 Ben. Appreciate the inside all college basketball season long because this Michigan Wolverines team proves all of the doubt is wrong. Jawan Howard, south side of Chicago, you think his boys weren't going to come out and play with some fire in these two rounds of the tournament? Mm. Come on now. Wolverines are still dancing as the 11 seed. People forget that Jawan Howard is from the south side of Chicago. It's good that Bocce reminds us of such a thing. So Jawan Howard now brings Michigan to the second weekend for a second straight season. Only one of two Big Ten teams to reach the Sweet 16 out of the nine that appeared in the NCAA tournament. Purdue and Michigan on to the next round. But Bocce, let's focus on that south region because you've also been all over the two seed in that portion of the bracket in Villanova. Now Villanova and Michigan meet in the round of 16 this upcoming weekend. And right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Villanova, a five-point favorite. How do you break down that matchup and how do you think it affects the rest of that bracket? This is going to be an absolutely phenomenal basketball game. I think Michigan is playing the best that they have possibly all season long. Hunter Dickinson looks like a force down low that cannot be stopped. And Michigan has been rebounding the ball very well. And they're making the in-game adjustments that they need to. In that first game against Colorado State at halftime, they weren't able to knock down the three-point shot. They come out in the second half. They play foot really well, knocking down some threes. And then in that previous game last round, they were able to just come out right away and let everybody know we're the Michigan Wolverines. And we were, what, the fifth seed earlier in the season for a reason? Villanova, yep. they cannot take this Michigan team lightly. Colin Gillespie, who's had some really phenomenal plays late in stretches, he's been very clutch for this Villanova team. And 
He's going to have to be the leader as he has all season long for Villanova. I have Villanova at plus 550 to make the Final Four. And right now, Michigan's in the way. I could be a little scared here. I think Michigan has some good value to potentially upset or even cover that spread. Michigan beating Tennessee outright by eight points, winning outright as a six-and-a-half-point underdog. Villanova holding on against Ohio State. The Cats covering around a five-and-a-half, six-point spread in that game, also winning 71-61. to 61. So now Villanova back into the Sweet 16, a position they are very familiar with here over the last couple of years. And Michigan now back for a second straight year. Botch, you mentioned that price on Villanova to reach the Final Four, plus 550. If you look at it right now in comparison, that number on Villanova to reach the Final Four by way of winning the South Region on FanDuel, plus 240. In fact, the second longest or the third best odds. Those South Region odds, Bocci, very interesting. The only portion of the bracket, the only region right now where all four teams are in plus money. There is not an odds on minus money favorite Arizona the one seed in that portion in that south region plus 135 Houston who plays Arizona and is only a two and a half point underdog plus 230 then the Cats at plus 240 and Bocci I think the value on the Michigan Wolverines at 10 to 1 might be too good to pass up they are a four and a half point favorite now against Villanova for this Sweet 16 matchup. I think, Botch, the value is there at 10 to 1 because if Michigan, who is playing incredible basketball at the moment, can get past Villanova, you have a plus 1,000 money line ticket for a matchup in the Elite Eight in that South Regional Final against the winner of Arizona and Houston. In my mind, because of how long the odds are, Andrew Botch and Galupo, at 10 to 1, Michigan presents some value once more. Oh, absolutely. Michigan has to be worth a sprinkle. It's just too much, too great value to pass up. One thing that jumps out to me, though, why is Houston favored over Villanova to come out of the South? Mm. They have to play Arizona. There's going to be a wildcat that comes out of this South bracket, whether it be Villanova or Arizona. I don't see value in Houston at all. I think Houston drops this game to Arizona. It's going to be a Wildcats versus Wildcat matchup. The A versus the V, Arizona-Villanova. Villanova has the better value in terms of making it out of the South bracket over Houston. Houston, you're putting down 240 on Houston to beat Arizona and then to possibly beat Villanova or Michigan. No value in that whatsoever. I'm not going near that. It would show me that if Houston were to pull off the upset over Arizona, they would be the favorites in that game. Certainly over Villanova with probably another short spread and certainly over Michigan as well. But it's an interesting distinction that Botch calls attention to, and rightfully so. Houston is not favored right now to beat Arizona. Yes, it's a small number. It's two and a half in favor of Zona, who is tied for the second best odds to win the Natty right now. But it's Villanova, who's a four and a half point favorite against Michigan. So one team is favored, and they have longer odds to win the region as opposed to the team that is an underdog. Houston has only been an underdog one other time this year. Back in the non-conference portion of their schedule, a three-point underdog against Villanova. Houston lost that game by one, but did cover as a three-point dog, now taking on the Wildcats, the top seed in the South region. But Bocce, all year long, 
here on the morning after, and you were a certain part of this family. We have been all over the Providence Friars. We remain friared up at every step of the journey. You had Providence into the Sweet 16. Cash that ticket when not many thought Providence would get there. Well, they are there, and they are getting seven points in their matchup against Kansas. We talked about this idea with DRS. Take the points and pray when you're getting seven with the Providence Friars. Botch, as we know, eight and one against the spread as an underdog this year. Value maybe one more time on the Providence Friars in this college basketball campaign. Ben, let's stay fired up for the Providence Friars. Love the seven and a half number. I'm going to take Providence to win this game, Ben. I think Providence is a team of destiny. Ben, you tweeted oh. the other day, Providence, maybe they're like good at basketball. Maybe they're not just oh. lucky. Maybe they're actually a good team. Look, they played uh, the two teams were favored against. Richmond was a 12 seed. You can't get too high on Providence. But, you know, now you're deep into the tournament. Sweet 16, all it takes is a couple of wins here to get a little magical. And I think the Friars will definitely cover that seven and a half, but we've been riding with them all season long. Why not try one last time taking down a one seed in Kansas and get fired up for the Elite Eight, Ben? I mean, Bocci, maybe you can't get too high on the Friars. Yes, everybody was thinking that South Dakota had the best shot ever of a 13 seed pulling off an upset over a four seed. I mean, everybody, including the book, it was the shortest spread we had ever seen in the history of the NCAA tournament between a four seed and a 13 seed in a matchup. Providence covered easily as the line even worked in their favor, winning that game by nine. They were only a three and a half point favorite against the 12 seed in Richmond, who a lot of people thought would keep that game close because of a similar style of play to that which Ed Cooley and the Providence Friars like to utilize as well. Providence won that game by 29, were in command from the very tip. Providence entered the big dance, Bocce, just 9-11 and 11 against the spread when booked as a favorite this year. They are now even 511-11 against the spread as a favorite. But as an underdog is where the Friars have provided all sorts of profits throughout the year. 8-1 and one against the number when booked as an underdog. 7-2 and two straight up as a dog. So if Botch sounds a little bit crazy to say that Providence can pull off the upset over this Kansas team... I'm not so sure he's so crazy because, hey, maybe Providence is just good, which maybe, Bocce, then we look at the Friars at plus 600 right now to win the Midwest region, a Midwest region that features the one seed in Kansas still at minus 180, the odds-on favorites to win that portion of the bracket. But outside of Providence, the four seed, we have a 10 seed in Miami and an 11 seed in Iowa State. And Providence has longer odds than both the Canes and the Cyclones at the moment. So continued value, Bocce, in my mind, again, again, and again on the Providence Friars. Keep doubting the Friars. They'll keep proving you wrong. They'll keep making your money. Fry it up, Ben. That's how we've been here in the studio all season long. The Providence Friars at 600-1 to 1 to come out of that. All they need to do is take down Kansas, and then you're facing a double-digit seeded team in either Iowa State or Miami. Come on, Ben. There's value there again. Has to be worth the sprinkle at that value, at least. At least 600 to one, not so much. Plus 600, six to one, just to clarify what Bocce said, because 600 to one would be absolutely insane. Now, Bocce, you go to Hofstra, you know the CAA, you know basketball teams around this great tri state area. 
Of course, St. Peter's is the Cinderella, still dancing and wearing that glass silver slipper. What has impressed you most about Shaheen Holloway and what the Peacocks have done to this point? Oh, my. I mean, they just seem like they're not phased by anybody. Nobody in their path is going to be able to be intimidating to this team. The Peacocks has their logo. I mean, their program, the way their money that goes into the program doesn't even compare to any of the teams in the nation, and they're still coming out and smacking you left and right. Come on, give some respect to the Peacocks. We'll see if they make it on. Hopefully the similar end of run keeps continuing. Bocce's from Strong Island. Shaheen Holloway said after Saturday night's game and victory over Murray State, you think they're scared a bunch of guys from New York City and New Jersey. Bocce, would you consider yourself in that fold as well as a very strong man? Uh, stronger than New York City and Jersey, L.I. represent. Oh, there it goes. More of the morning after after the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It is a sad day, kind of, here on a Monday on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159 because we don't have any college basketball. Since Thursday, we have watched college hoops in the NCAA tournament from noon Eastern time all the way through midnight Eastern, even late last night approaching 1 a.m. Eastern with potentially the best game of the entire big dance capping off the entire opening weekend with Arizona winning in overtime over TCU all part of the madness and I am Ben Stevens and I hope to break this down for you right now as we look at the big dance breakdown the reason that I bring this up right now that it's kind of a sad day is because we don't have any college basketball but it's good to reset and now look at how the field lays out in the NCAA tourney for the Sweet 16. We did that when the brackets were revealed last Sunday night after the selection Sunday show we got a better picture from a big picture perspective of how your national championship favorites could get to the final four in New Orleans could have a chance to win a national championship just two weeks from tonight on a Monday in early April now we can do that even further that was a field of 68 now it's a field of just 16 teams remaining in the NCAA tourney so let's look at the national championship odds and how the market has moved because it certainly has. Gonzaga remains the favorite as they have been literally all season long in the preseason, non-conference, conference slate, and into the NCAA tournament. But now the shortest price we have seen on the Zags, plus 200, two to one on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Kansas and Arizona now tied for the second best odds at plus 500. Purdue is in that fourth spot at plus 900. And Villanova and Houston, two teams both out of the South region with Arizona, tied for the fifth best price at 12 to 1. Duke is 16 to 1, only a dollar of movement off their numbers. And we'll look across the regions right now. We'll look across the bracket to lay out how that path sets up for some of these favorites to get into the NCAA tournament. Let's begin in the East region because the East region had a ton 
of hoopla and madness throughout the opening weekend in the NCAA tournament. Of course, the number 15 seed in the East, the St. Peter's pulling off, the St. Peter's Peacocks, excuse me, pulling off an upset over the two seed in Kentucky, then an upset over Murray State, becoming the third 15 seed in the history of the NCAA men's basketball tournament to advance into the Sweet 16. The top two seeds in that region are out. Baylor, the reigning national champs, the number one seed, bounced by North Carolina. The Tar Heels pulling off the upset early in the first game of the round of 32 on Saturday. The Tar Heels winning outright as a five and a half point favorite. So Baylor is home. Kentucky is home. The highest remaining seed in that portion of the bracket is the three seed in Purdue at plus 900. Purdue is the favorite in the East region with a minus money price at minus 125. A man that knows college basketball very well. In fact, maybe the best in the entire country covering the space. It is John Fanta joining us once more on the morning after, right here, right now, live. John is a play-by-play -play announcer for Fox Sports covering college hoops and the host of Big East Shoot Around as well. The face of the Big East, as some may call him. John joins us here on TMA. John, thank you so much for joining us on this Monday morning following a weekend of madness in the opening weekend in the Big Dance. Well, thank you, Ben. As, as the hairstylist uh, would look at me this morning and, and could tell, I got back around 2 a.m. last night from Pittsburgh covering the second round matchup, so forgive me. It's, it's terrific to be with you here this morning. And I'll tell you, what a first weekend of the tournament that went all the way to the final game of the first weekend. Benedict Matherin built his legend last night in leading Arizona past TCU. I think it's the most impressive individual performance of the entire first weekend of the NCAA tournament. But I listened to you talk a little bit about the odds and how things stack up. And to me, as much as Purdue is the favorite and they're going to win that Sweet 16 game over St. Peter's, I really like the value of both North Carolina and UCLA, especially UCLA. UCLA is playing like a team that might have been a bit bored in the regular season. But Ben, Hame Hakez and Johnny Juzang on their best day are guys that, that are going to get plenty, plenty of looks professionally. And this team is defending at a high level. Jules Bernard really opens up that offense further. And their length causes problems. So the Bruins are a team that I think is a, is a sleeper here heading into this second weekend of the tournament. I think that they can beat North Carolina. I really do. And I think that then you, you look at Purdue, and as much as Purdue has the length of Zach Eady and Travion Williams, Texas still gave Purdue trouble. And that's not a great yeah. Texas offense. So UCLA to me is the team heading into the second weekend that I'm most fascinated by. I see those long odds of both UCLA and Texas Tech, for that matter. You know, Texas Tech could very well beat Duke and, and be in a position. They've met Gonzaga once. It didn't go well, but we know rematches can go a lot differently. So I know that everybody's thinking, oh, maybe it's Gonzaga or Arizona or Kansas. I'm not ready to say that yet based on the tests that those teams received in the first weekend. John, I think you bring up a great point. First on Texas Tech, the Red Raiders at 18 to 1 right now to win the Natty. They opened up as a one and a half point favorite against Duke right. in that Sweet 16 matchup in the West region coming up on Thursday night. And UCLA has the style to not only beat North Carolina, but to give Purdue its toughest test 
the Boilermakers have seen so far. The length and the physicality in the interior certainly can stymie some of the things that Purdue wants to do. And I would say UCLA has the firepower offensively to expose some of the deficiencies on defense we haven't seen for Purdue just yet. But they rank outside of the top 100 in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Purdue, as we know, John, will face St. Peter's on Friday night. The Peacocks, the number 15 seed out of the East region, advancing into the Sweet 16. Cinderella is still dancing there in Jersey City, New Jersey. Shaheen Holloway has embodied everything he wants his team to do, and the Peacocks certainly have. They are a 12.5-point underdog against Purdue. But, John, to this point, what has impressed you most about St. Peter's now into the round of 16? They play to the identity of their coach and the identity of their state. St. Peter's is all guts. This is not a team that won two NCAA tournament games by hitting 14 threes each game. This is a team that grinds you down defensively regardless of who you are as an opponent. And this case, it was Kentucky and Murray State. And yeah, Kentucky was able to score, but St. Peter's defense Casey Andefo is a power conference caliber player. His length is imposing. Hassan Drame, a really dynamic piece who's, who's got the length as well, Ben, and I think that that's what's illustrated in St. Peter's approach. They have a great interchangeability from the two to four spots on the floor. That's the sign of a good team. It's what we talk about with UCLA and how great they are. They have great interchangeability. At a mid-major level, St. Peter's has terrific interchangeability. And Shaheen Holloway is fierce with his guys. What he says, he actually means. A lot of coaches say stuff, and they don't actually mean it. Shaheen Holloway means it. When he said his team was playing like crap to Jamie Erdahl, even though they led, he meant every word of it. Once upon a time, Shaheen Holloway was a McDonald's All-American. In that game, Kobe Bryant was featured, among others. Shaheen Holloway was the most valuable player of the game. He takes things personally. He's an old-school type, of, a 90s type of guy. And mm-hmm. this is a guy who just has his group playing really together on the defensive end of the floor. They pass up threes for twos for 15 to 17 footers. Matthew Lee is a terrific example of that. He did it time and again. Daryl Banks had a great, great weekend for this St. Peter's team. So they have that winning formula. They defend and rebound the basketball with anybody even when they were playing by games in November they were defending and rebounding that that has unlimited mileage it really does and now they'll just have to travel 90 miles to go to Philadelphia this weekend for the East Regional I think that their thrilling win their thrilling run rather will come to an end this weekend but St. Peter's will go down as a top three Cinderella in the history of the NCAA tournament and might be a favorite of some Because to beat Kentucky when you have less than 12 times their budget is unbelievable. By comparison, UMBC was like five less times Virginia's budget when UMBC pulled off that win. UMBC spends enough on men's basketball at their level. St. Peter's, they struggle to make ends meet from week to week, month to month. This has developed over $100 million dollars in brand exposure. It's an unbelievable story out of Jersey City, New Jersey. The campus is two blocks long. So for the Peacocks, they're the feel-good story, not just in college basketball, but in American sports at the moment.
St. Peter's might not continue its Cinderella run, but they're yep. getting 12 and a half points against Purdue, and they are the second best cover team in the country. Shaheen Holloway and company have covered in 19 of their last 23 games. Just keep that in mind for the Sweet 16 on Friday night. John, elsewhere around the Big East now, Villanova has a very tough test on the horizon against Michigan, a Michigan team that was a preseason favorite to win a national championship and a top 10 team. The Michigan Wolverines seem like they're bringing that talent into the Sweet 16. What do you make of this matchup right now with Villanova, a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Michigan? I love Villanova in this game because they are a team that's made great progress on the offensive end of the floor. They've been able to develop options B, C, D, and E in their offense. It's not just the Colin Gillespie show. They can beat you in multiple ways. Justin Moore had 21.6 assists in the – First round went over Delaware. He kept it rolling against Ohio State. Eric Dixon comes up with the dagger shot in this game. Jermaine Samuel shot seven for nine against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's a big, big part of Villanova's formula, what the stretch four does for the Cats. So, Ben Stevens, I, I like the way Villanova's playing. They're coming into form. I think they have more forms of offense than Michigan in this case, and how they guard Dickinson is, is going to be a real – key element as that's quite obvious but they'll have Jermaine Samuels and Eric Dixon try to cover him can others hit perimeter shots for Michigan can Eli Brooks deliver can Musa Diabate give them something it's been a Michigan team that put it together this past weekend and and Dickinson played like an all-American can Michigan win this game yes of course he they can will they I like Villanova in this spot I just think they're so experienced so poised the moment's not too big for them. They showed it against Ohio State. I like the Wildcats in this spot. John, I would be remiss in our final minute here if I did not ask you about the Providence Friars. On to the Sweet 16 <laughs> for PC. Now a seven-point underdog against Kansas. Some might say it's lucky. I say it's good basketball. Can Providence prove once more it's a good basketball team against Kansas this upcoming weekend? I actually think that they could because Justin Minaya will defend Ochai Baji. Nate Watson will be pinned on David McCormick. Providence will make it a half-court game with Kansas. And the Friars are an interesting team in that they're very good in the tempo category of, of slowing a game down. And Kansas wants to run. Kansas is going to want tempo in this game. So for me, this comes down to Remy Martin and his ability to make plays as the lead guard. But for the Friars right now, Noah Horkler's given them a great boost. He's combined for 29 points and 22 rebounds in the last two games. He's playing well. Al Durham, Jared Bynum are playing well enough. Providence could be in this game. I think they will be. That's how we take it to break. More team. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our number two in the morning after on this Monday right here on the Spiz Grizz, otherwise known as the Sports Grid Network. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. A time to reset 
and look at the numbers as we approach the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. We do that right here, right now, in the early portion of this week with a couple of days off from the madness and guess the line. Just 16 teams remaining in the field for the NCAA tournament. All 16 of those teams, a legitimate shot now to win a national championship. Two weeks from this very night in New Orleans. The Sweet 16 gets underway on Thursday around 7 p.m. Eastern time. Double headers on both Thursday and then Friday night as well. So we have some time here as we look at the remaining teams. The 16 teams still in the hunt for a national championship in the big dance to not only examine the national championship market, but as you see there with those matchups, what the spreads and the totals will look like and how they will change over the course of these next three days or so. Before we get to Thursday in the first game in the Sweet 16, Arkansas and the number one overall seed, Gonzaga. The Zags are the national championship favorites right now, as they have been all year and as they remain with a price at plus 200. Gonzaga, a nine-point favorite. The next game up, Villanova, a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Michigan. It's Texas Tech who opens up as a favorite of one-and-a-half points with a short spread over Duke right now, the shortest spread on the board. We've already seen movement for the nightcap on Thursday night in the Sweet 16. A battle of the 1-5 matchup in the South region. Arizona, the top seed, now just a two-point favorite against Houston. The line opened up at two in a hook. That hook is now off, working in favor of the Cougars. We will update those spreads and all the numbers you need to know throughout the week here on the morning app. Hour three is next.